episode of We Talk Comics. This is a WTC special creator commentary on Slash Maraud. I am the Crown Prince of Charisma, Mo. I have with me the Chief Defender of the Faith, Mr. Brett Podcast. All right, podcasting in the house. Podcasting in the house. And the man with no nickname, Chris. It's Cliff from now on. <laughs> That's your new nickname. Okay, what happened to Chris? <laughs> I'm still here. There's four of them. Let's now. start all over. I'm going to hang up. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and as you can hear, we have some other people on the line with us. Uh, the first man here is well known for his work on Batman, as well as he's written The Toxic Avenger. And really, we could stop at that, couldn't we? Uh, wow. <laughs> and Godzilla, other favorites of ours like Moon Knight. And the other gentleman on the line with us has also worked on. Uh, uh, many projects in the past, including Catwoman. Uh, together, they've worked on Conan, and uh, probably most importantly to us, uh, Six from Sirius, another series that we have to give some love to down the road. And and they're here to talk with these two gentlemen about uh, a book that probably is the most in the in the five plus years we've been doing this podcast, probably the most referenced book for long time listeners that they've heard, uh, a favorite of ours, Slash Maraud. Please welcome Doug Mensch and Paul Galacy. Is it Galacy or Galacy? It's Gut. Gut. God Lacey, Paul God Lacey, and yep. Doug Mensch. Yeah, hey, Howdy. No, Hello, lo- no love for Master of Kung Fu? Come on. You know, I figured, it, okay, it's pretty, damn good. it's pretty damn good. I'll admit. I'll admit. I, right. I just thought you guys had, had heard it too many times. Or yes, no, never. Never enough. One or the other. You guys have we worked together did- an awful lot. Yeah, we also did some good Batman stuff, uh, Legends of the Dark Knight together. Yeah, and you guys did Batman vs. Predator Volume 2? Yes, we yep. did. Prey was uh, considered the top ten comic Batman comics ever. Yeah, it's an yeah. excellent series. Yeah. In that category. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I could talk to you about Dr. Hugo Strange forever, but, but we're going we're gonna to move on here and talk Flash Maraud today. Uh, Brett, why don't you open this up, talking a little bit about to them about the uh, kind of the conception of the series. Well, the idea for us of the series was to get both of you on because, you know, Slash Maraud means so much to all of us. And really the hope was to kind of get into the series kind of from uh, concept, execution, really go through a lot of the issues and, and hit on some of the points that occur. Because especially in the case of Slash Maraud, there's so many little things in the in the comic that you know it would be great to touch on and just and just really dig into. So I think that's kind of the the whole idea. I mean, we thought of it as a as a movie commentary, and so this is kind of a comic book commentary. All right. I hope Paul's right. memory is better than mine. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, there, pal. <laughs> we'll find out in a few minutes. I'm sure there are a lot of little things in there. Like it, let me just can, let me remember. let me break the ice. I'll I'll open this thing up and just with one line. It was yep. in my mind. It was it was the first. I don't know. I forget. You go. No, it was the first. Um, I I think it was well, the first MTV first MTV comic. I associated wow. with the with the the music I was listening to at the time. It had a lot of. A lot of '80s uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. effect on it, and yeah. and that's what it was. It was kind of like rock and roll of that era, the look of that thing, and and so forth. So that, heavy, that, that's heavy, kind of like my heavy on, on the heavy on the synth keyboards, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. 
My yeah. son Derek got he got into the eighties stuff so much. I mean new order, you know, all that stuff, all the synth stuff. He just loves it. He's building synths now in Portland. So you guys did you anyway. guys see it when you were younger in that era or what? Or it came I around later all on, you guys brand new. Yes. Yeah. Um Yep. They're um, older and... than you think, Paul. Oh. Yeah, I know eighty seven, I mean, right? It was the first issue, I think. Yeah, that's right. November eighty seven yeah. is the cover date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always been a touchstone for us and our friendship. And we, I, I don't know how many copies I've given away. Just, this is the book you got to read. This book is crazy. Um, I know, there's a whole how, underground how like, it movement. Received? It was one of the first uh, deluxe format books, what DC was yeah. calling deluxe format. Well, no, I thought yeah. it was new format, wasn't it? New format. No, they was called it, it deluxe. Oh, okay. And at um, Marvel, they called it bookshelf format. But DC called it deluxe. So did you guys pitch this or? Okay. Paul and I usually remember things differently. So I'll go first and then he can correct me. As I recall, recall, what happened was it was a very sad, sad day when I finally broke Paul's back hunched over the drawing board 18 hours a day doing master kung fu even though it wasn't my fault it was a monthly book but he claimed it was (laughs) my fault he had to leave master kung fu very sad day for me but we remained friends and i said hey if you ever want to work again i'm here right and then years went by and uh, I quit Marvel, went to DC. They wanted, to, or I wanted to create new stuff. Um, in the meantime, they said, "Well, you got to make money. So, what book do you want?" And I said, "Well, Batman's my favorite. You got it. Do Batman, and then come up with new stuff." It got delayed by my foray to Hollywood. I didn't expect Hollywood to call and say, "Come out and write a movie," but it, they did. But eventually, I got around to doing new stuff, Electric Warrior, Lords of the Ultra Realm, something else. And then Andy Helfer called me and said, hey, aren't you supposed to be creating a new thing? And I said, yeah, I'm going to start it next week. And he said, have you thought about Paul Gulesi? He couldn't pronounce it then. And, And I said, well, that's fine with me if he's willing to do it. And as I recall, Andy said, let me give him a call. And I got a call about two hours later saying, he's on board, so give him a call. And you know, Then I called Paul. Paul, what do you want to do? And we chewed it over from there. And <laughs> Paul, wanted, Paul wanted to have babes in bikinis, Russian tanks, and you know five other things. And I had to come up with a, a story that had all that in it. Yep. The horrible aliens uh, that looked like they uh, were reminiscent of wow. Muppets. Well, that that was you, my my friend. I yeah, that was mine. I love us, that. I mean, I look back. I remember us discussing what are these fucking aliens going to look like. I yeah, mean, exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I don't exactly. Know. We don't know where to go with that. You're, I said, I said, let's take muffets and, and they're fucking no, no, no. and shit. I said, you're the you're the artist. They're going to look like whatever you draw. And when I got the pages, I could not believe it. I was shocked. Yeah. And then yeah. about fifteen about fifteen minutes later, I started loving it. But I at first it go. was like, "Is he is he kidding? Oh my god!" No. It was tongue in cheek. It worked. It, yep, worked. it worked. Oh yeah, the whole well the whole thing was tongue in cheek. 
So now, I, how do you remember it, Paul? How this ended up at DC because you did six from Sirius first, and so that was an epic. Oh, effort. that's right. That's right? right. Well, that was Archie. Archie and the same kind of thing. Uh, how'd you like to create something new? Sure. How would you like to do it with Paul Galassi? Hey, if Paul wants to, I'm there. You know, it was the same thing. Yeah. But you then he'll call me. He'll call me, and the, and the conversation goes like this. Okay, I got the green light from Archie, and we could do a sci-fi thing. And then there's a yeah. pause, and I'll go, well, what do you want to do? And then there'll be another long pause, and Doug will say, I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> then yeah, I'll go, yeah, I don't goes, know. You got anything up your sleeve? Back and forth. Sooner or later, say, I know. How about yeah. this? We got that this yeah. crew that yeah. goes through space, uh, yeah, yada yeah, yada, yeah. and then, then we're off to the race. Once we got that ball rolling, that we that's how we uh, gelled, you know, so, uh, by this this rapid fire idea of a exchange of ideas, and, and that's how yeah. a lot of stuff formulated. I didn't sit back. Look, I didn't. I never sat back with any writer, including Doug, and just took any kind of script. I I'm, I was I, I never uh, uh, was after any kind of writing credit or nor, nor that I want to pursue any kind of writing, uh, venue at all. But I always had my nose in the storylines and Doug, and that's, you I think, you, how always Doug and had, I, you always back had to, way back things, with Kung Fu. Yeah. You always had certain things you wanted to draw. That's what yeah. it was. And you know, well, no, I don't want to draw well, that, uh, but how I want to draw this. Okay. And then I would, come up with something that... Would, no, it was, it was beyond know. what I wanted to draw. Doug, you know that, man. It's like, okay, who dies this is, in this motherfucker? This, this, <laughs> is, this, is this is the part where Paul starts saying he came up with all the ideas for everything. This always... <laughs> no, 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 your word. You know what? This is where Doug's going to hang up and man pull the ripcord. <laughs> He's getting nervous. <laughs> I'm going to jump off I'm not the cliff. You. I'm not playing Cliff, how tall, how, how tall are you, Cliff? <laughs> but we we gelled in that regard. Come on, we, how many times did we? we things? I think we spent hours I on the phone discussing things. I think it's not what I, what I wanted to draw. At the bottom line, I think a little deeper than all that. Sure, it was. Sure, you yeah. would, you refused to do it if it didn't have certain things in it, or if it wasn't a certain concept or whatever. There and, you go. Uh, and I was willing to accommodate that. I wanted to work with you so much. Okay, all right, I'll come up with something that's got all that stuff in it. All right. Yeah, and it worked. That's how it goes. That's so, how that's how it goes, fellas. That's what I was trying to even get across, man. Uh, I'm just going to interject for our listeners, Archie. Good, uh, Archie. You're referring to the editor of Epic, editor, uh, the late great yeah. Archie Goodwin, right? Yes, yes. The best, the best guy in comics. The most likable guy, the smartest guy, the, uh, I don't know, the swellest guy you can imagine. He was my favorite, yeah. Yeah, he was a sweetheart, that dude. He was great. He never, he never ever told me or Paul what to do, but he had suggestions from time to time. But he would never force them on you. He would say, right. gee, I really like this this latest plot. You go for the next one. Did you did, did you think about doing da 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 da? And sometimes you know you'd take the suggestion. Other times you say, "Well, Arch, it won't work because we have this planned for the one after that." And he would always say, "Oh, oh yeah, well that's even better. No, never mind, never mind." And yeah. usually, usually, always they were intelligent suggestions. But usually right. they were really they were really good as well as intelligent. That but they just didn't 
fit a lot of times, but he was so good. And he, he was never forceful as a gentleman. He, he no, was no, very, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. He let it. He let us do whatever we wanted. So six from Sirius then was epic. So it was likely creator owned, and then this goes over to yep. DC. Was that is it creator owned? Is Slash Marant or who owns who owns the property? Well, it is and it isn't. Uh, yeah, we we. We have the copyright, but they have the right of first refusal. And Explain that. What that, means, what that means is, if some, if a, say a movie company came to us, um, we we could tell DC, look, this movie company wants to uh, buy the rights and make a movie, or you know, put a movie into pre-production. And they could say, and they have on the three occasions this has happened, not with Slash Maraud, but with other things that I've done. They have said, well, we might want to do it with Warner's. You know, Warner owns us now. And and so they have the right to pay a token amount, and then they get to hold it for six months or whatever. And if they don't, you know, come up with uh, – a a project through Warner's within that time, then we can apply again, and then then we get to sell it to whoever. It's a it's a lot of pain in the ass, is what it is. But <laughs> sounds like it. But at the time, it was more than anybody else got. Hmm. And after that, I think uh, I don't know if it was. Alan Moore or uh, Neil Gaiman got the the same deal on something else, and after that they may have even gotten better deal. I don't know. So Brett and uh, Chris, do you guys have any other questions about kind of the, uh, the how the story started or character design or anything, or do you want to get into talking about the individual issues a little more? Um, I I got a quick uh, question just just on the credits, Doug. I have never seen a credit like this before. Your credit is both the writer and the editor on this. Yeah, <laughs> you edited yourself well, on this book. Um, how, well, how, how does well, that work? well, that was part when DC was trying to get me away from Marvel. They were they were offering the moon. You know, they were offering all kinds of great stuff, and one of them was you can create whatever you want, and we'll let you be the editor of it, and yada yada yada. And I I kept saying no because I loved what I was doing at Marvel. I was doing Moon Knight and Master of Kung Fu and, you know, even King Conan I was enjoying. But um, eventually Jim Shooter, the worst person in comics, uh, <laughs> the, an- the very antithesis of Archie Goodwin, pissed me off no end, forced me to quit. He doesn't, he doesn't see it that way. But I saw no option other than to quit so i called dc and said hey this was dick giordano i said hey dick remember you want to take me out to lunch how about tomorrow he said come on in so even though i was now sort of uh in a buyer's market for them uh they continued to give me all the sweet deals including the editorship of anything i created which basically amounted to me uh, designing the covers or letting Paul design the covers, right, on his own. And no editor could say, no, you can't have that cover or whatever. 
and writing letters, pages, and getting an extra, I don't know, thousand bucks a month or whatever it was. There wasn't much work. There was an in-house assistant editor. I forget her name now. I can't remember. She was really a sweet kid. Huh? Hatcher Goldberg. No, that was a colorist. Uh, she was very nice and she was efficient and she took care of all the, you know, the, you know, the trafficking and the minutia and the nonsense stuff. And basically it was just a way to give me more money and let me have control with my collaborator instead of having to listen to idiot editors. They were always screwing stuff up. Andy Helfer is also on it as co-editor, though. So did did he play any yeah, role yeah, once yeah, the story yeah. started? Yeah, it was his idea to get Paul. So, you know, it's like he said, uh, when he called me up and said, aren't you supposed to be doing something else? I said, yeah, and I'm going to start next week. He said, well, why don't you do it with Paul Galassi? And I said, okay, you know, give him a call. If he's willing, I'm willing. And uh, he said, um, but I would like to be the co-editor. And I said, okay. You know, he his favorite comic book of all time was Master of Kung Fu. Oh, great. So, so as he admitted to me years and years later, he said, you know, you know that stuff I did with you and Paul? I said, yeah. He said, you know, that was like a fanboy getting his dream to come true. And I, I said, really? Because he always put on the tough guy, you know, thing, you know, like, he was the tough editor and we were just the lackeys working for him kind of deal. These, he was always uh, a go-to guy for me. Like, oh, like yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. out of work or we wanted to, or you and I, Doug, wanted yep. to, had an empty plate, Absol- you just called no, Andy absolutely. up and there was something right around the corner, man. Absolutely. It, he's going to make oh, yeah, a couple of phone calls and talk to somebody and, he, and before you know it, yep. it's a, a green light. Yep. yep. He, was, he was much closer to Archie Goodwin than Jim Shooter, let me tell you that. He, I, <laughs> Andy... Andy Helfer was by far my closest friend among the staff people. Uh, a great guy. I loved hanging out with him. He's one of the best schmoozers on the planet. But he's real sick right now. Too bad. Hmm. Did you know that, that Paul? No, he I did not know that. MS. He got MS. No, I didn't, no that's, uh, that's a shame. I didn't, did not hear that. So yep. that's, that's bothersome, man. Yep. Yeah, it's bad. And we're really anyway, sorry to hear that. Next, we, yeah, next absolutely. question. Brett, anything? Uh, no, that was, Chris asked the question that I was going to go into, so uh, so we're good to start. Okay, well, let's let's go into the the issues a little bit more here. And you guys say that your memory isn't so good, so so I'll do what I can to kind of jog your memory uh, <laughs> as far as the the issues here, because I have them right in front of me. And uh, right. the, the issue kind of opens up with. Uh, the first time we see Slash, Slash Marotti is on a, a motorcycle, and uh, immediately uh, the character design kind of sticks out. He's a, you know, he seems like a, uh, you say he's that 80s look. It has that, uh, that kind of. He's Mad Max. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he saves a gentleman from a, a sore, I guess is, a, is what they're called, um, like a dinosaur type yeah, creature. Sure. Yeah. And this uh, this gentleman uh, ends up following him around a little bit and just simply won't shut up. And uh, Slash Maraud is not the type who'll use uh, ten words when one will do, and the other guy is the exact opposite. And uh, they end up talking. Eventually, this gentleman accuses Slash Maraud of being on the side of the shapers, 
and uh, attempts uh-huh. to kill him. Slash has to defend himself, and uh, this is kind of the introduction to the character. Yeah. Well, we needed to start with an action scene, you know, and uh, get all the cool stuff established right up front. I remember trying to figure that out. How do we do all that? Uh, I believe the motorcycle was Paul's idea and uh, seconded by me without any complaint, mind you. I mean, it was a great idea. And, yeah, as I recall, we were talking You should have the comic. How come you didn't grab the comic? uh, Because I'm not prepared. I'm not a Boy (laughs) Scout. What do you like? All right. I'm not a Boy Scout. They have Boy Scouts in Canada? Yes, Yes, they they do. do. Sure do. It started in Britain, you know. Anyway, uh, I recall us, Paul, talking about Sergio Leone westerns and those long duster coats, you know, the ones that come down to the calves like, and that sounded cool. Um, I don't know. They, the rest of it, you know, the look was, was just when Paul sat down to draw it. But um, And the guy that he's trying to save from that creature is yeah. that actor. Because, I mean, you know, here I am with actors all over the place. In, in my Who, stories, and you know what it's good. He was an alien. You guys got the comic. You should be able to rec- oh, recognize. Oh, La- I know, I know who it was. You know? Lance Henriksen. Right, Lance. Yeah, actually, Henriksen. Is that him? Looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Absolutely. I had okay, man. Yep. Until now, he was. I cast him in there. Yeah. Because I'm playing director. In Master of Kung Fu, Paul did uh, Marlon Brando for Lerner. He did James Coburn and something. I can't remember what the hell that was. Didn't you do Sean Connery as uh, some character? Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we could never say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my idea. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Yes. Um, we could never say anything about it because the Marvel and DC lawyers were so afraid of getting sued. So we just did it and never said anything. Yep. Oh, we had a career the, made out of it. What was the career, <laughs> the kind of the key character design then, do you feel, Paul, kind of, uh, we mentioned the duster, there's the scarf and the, the motorbike and the, the hair, this is the different look. What do you think was the key character design for the you know, Flash, uh, Flash himself? The shades. You know, I, I just think, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Oh, you the shades. You said? The shades. Ooh. The sunglasses. Sunglasses. Yeah. I don't. This was, was my kind of ideal kind of guy. You know, Mad Max. The, the, the influence of Mad Max. Those films was definitely on, on this series. And um, but this, I'm looking at the cover now. I, I think I just gun to the head. You better come up with a look because. You start on this thing in three days, you know, that kind of thing. And you're, you're, yeah. you're, it's either uh, sink or swim. So I think I just did some thumbnails, some roughs, and uh, I thought this was uh, go with the long coat with this guy, you know. And, and that's yeah. pretty, much, pretty much it. Kind of a, the rock look at that, at that time, they, kind of an 80s kind of spin, you know. So not to be on that. But one of a kind, I wanted to keep him unique, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean he's got one, this automatic pistol on, on his car. We got the shades. He got a uh, yeah. a scarf. I mean he's ready to kick ass, man. 
<laughs> and he does. And uh, one of the things that we see that's really unique early on here is the damn purple snow. I mean, as readers, we don't really know what's going on. Other than obviously something, something's going on in our world here, but uh, we don't know what it is. So, uh, Slasher. Next, we kind of cut to this uh, this uh, club scene, and this thing's insane. You got these uh, creatures that look like monkeys <laughs> playing on stage. Yeah. You got you got uh, all the uh, nuns these, getting shot. Yeah, nuns getting shot. Let's not forget that. You got these creatures. Now we finally see the alien creatures, and they're basically just this pac-man style head but with fuzz all over them and these bodies and you got humans being walked like dogs by these aliens and just like i mean this is uh every everybody on earth dies in five years what do you want (laughs) yeah exactly and that's that's what's revealed is that is that uh the earth is about to die but that there is one of these aliens who is capable possibly of stopping this this plot, this terraforming of Earth, and that there's an underground movement, which uh, they're trying to kind of, I guess, uh, recruit Slash into to uh, to save the Earth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> you guys, uh, Brett, Chris, what, what, any questions about uh, what's going on here? Yeah, um, do you guys? Uh, I guess this would be uh, Doug. Do you have, give any thought to the economy of a story because? I mean, this story, and this is what I love. This is what makes, I think, Slash more unique than any other comic book I've picked up over the years. There are so many ideas presented in such a quick order. I mean, we got nuns, nuns being shot, uh, monkey monkey heavy metal band, and purple <laughs> snow in a matter of pages. And then, you know, a couple more pages, we, we, we got a giant panda rampage that, you know, is cool, but... It's barely, I mean, it, it's just a throwaway cool thing. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, m- most creators we did, would take one of those things and, you know, stretch yeah. it out. Well, something we did recently, fairly recently, I, I read a review of it that said this has more ideas in the first three pages than most comics have in a 10-issue run. And that was a thing we did called Sci Spy. And they, and the guy listed all of the ideas, all the things that are introduced in the first three pages or whatever. And I said, wow, how did we cram all that in there? It's just something that when Paul and I get together, you got to remember some of that uh, or a bunch of that is just Paul throwing stuff in there uh, that I didn't necessarily expect Uh some of it's called for definitely and some of it he just surprises me with and some of it i tell him we got to do something crazy like uh you know a guy shooting a nun or something and he takes me literally and just does it you know and, and, so, and by the way james so cameron I, looked at that thing very closely guys <laughs> yeah sci spy yeah yeah he was all over that for a while we had something else in edge war i think called avatar can, yeah. you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? No, uh, I just, we just, I, I, I'm a friend of uh, his assi- assistant. The, okay, this yeah, is from his assistant, call. who was a friend of mine, and a big fan of Doug and I's. And he, he was the one who uh, spread the word on that. He was hired by James Cameron to find new projects for Lightstorm, Cameron's company. Correct. And he called, he called me up one night and he said... Um, James Cameron really loves sci-fi and wants to make it into a movie. And I said, come on. And he, he said, no, no, no. I showed it to him, and he loves it. And blah, blah, blah. and these guys strung us along for I don't know how. 
eventually we we get this call saying, oh, Jim's going back in the water. Back in the water? What are you talking about? Yeah, he's doing some 3D thing on this the sunken Titanic or whatever. And then after that, he did Avatar. And that was the end of Sci-Spy. But anyway. Man, and if you guys recall uh, this big sprawling sci-fi uh, series we did called Six from Serious. Now, Gail yeah. Ann Hurd, his former ex, she was all over yeah. that for a while. So yeah, we had these like yeah. really weird close calls with with Cameron and his ex wife on two different yeah. uh, projects that we we uh, developed. And with you fingers know crossed, why, you know why Sci Spy fell through? Because that thing, uh, The Walking Dead, became an unexpected hit and and took up all of her time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She was at yeah. the con that, that it's year. It's still going. Pushing that thing. In the midst of that of the, all that. Uh, negotiating, she was at the con pushing that, that TV show. Yeah, wow, wow. That's why so, I thought uh, I should, there's no business like show business, folks. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, no kidding. So one of the key characters. But this got a shot. I think this thing. I think if DC was smart, they'd push this thing. You could play with yeah, this thing and, and adjust it. You don't have to keep it in the '80s, but it, only if you want to. It might be a cool thing to do. I think some kind of flashback. Uh, Retro thing would be uh, awesome, man. Why not? Oh, right. Yeah. Now, so bring back the '80s. We see. That. I've seen that, <laughs> that stuff on the back of uh, shopping centers. Somebody painted. Bring back the '80s, man. Whatever. Used to be the '60s. Now it's the '80s. Are we going to? But they'll Brent? never say anything good about the '90s, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> keep those under. You know, keep that on a low. <laughs> it's it's only uh, even <laughs> the even generations. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's interesting though because there is there is a lot of you know nostalgia for that '80s feel, and I and I absolutely do think that something like this would fit right into that nowadays. I mean, you could definitely give it. It's got a kind of Blade Runner look to it. With the, yeah, yeah. I just heard the re- the same Blade that the, the the last Mad Max had that spin, and everybody loved it, man. Yeah, they, they yeah. gobbled that up. It had the same flavor, the whole look. Yeah. We wanted more of it, and we got it. We got a great treat with that last flick. Yeah. Did you the, guys hear me about they're remaking Blade Runner? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it has Ridley Scott, but come on. Uh, oh, no. Go on. More on Slash. Go ahead. <laughs> so moving on to Slash, we see the kind of the female lead is also introduced uh, here. Wild, Wild Blue. Tell me yeah, about Wild yeah. Blue, guys. Well, she smokes. I'm looking at it. She's, she smokes. She, she, she needs to kick the butt. I remember. There, there. I remember. We came to terms with the name Slash Maraud very easily, but I remember Paul hating the name Wild Blue and having a big fight over that. But he gave in. To yep. me. Thank you, Paul. I think so. I yeah, like that right name, on. Paul. Yeah, yes. Well, okay. And and Murad was a <laughs> abbreviated version of Muradovich. He's a Polish guy from yeah. Chicago, right, yep. Doug? Yeah. Yep. Okay, man. Yep. That's what I thought. That has, if memory serves me. That's right. Famed Detroit Polak. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Famed Detroit Polak. Yeah. There you go, man. <laughs> That's funny. But Paul did. Paul did a great job with Wild Blue. She looks great. Yeah, very sexy character. Well, and, and that's, uh, you know, 
it's those characters that like when you talk about Wild Blue, like she's so striking. And I think for yep. me in 1987, as the you know the teenager that I was, I was absolutely drawn to the striking yep. characters in this book. Well, you just were looking for camel toe, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, Paul. Paul's known for his babes, and I think she's one of the best babes he ever did. Really. Yeah, the zebra, the tights. Come on, you can't yep. go wrong there, right? Yep. And page 14 yeah. introduces one of my, one of the things that, you know, comes out a lot for us is, you know, Slash says, in between licking fuzz. And now, I mean, this early, we don't not, we don't understand <laughs> what licking fuzz is, but you get that, that indication. And, you know, when well, we reference... Nasty. Yeah, when we reference Slash Maraud, there is no question that licking fuzz is... 90% of what we've referenced. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Doc, is that what you meant to this day? We still don't know. <laughs> we'll get you a better little clarify more that right now, brother. <laughs> I think Let's go back to the back room and lick fuzz. <laughs> I think we were both just trying to be outrageous. We didn't. This was Not only was it like uh, the first or one of the first deluxe books, but it was the first or one of the first books to not have the comics code, right? Suggested yep. by right? on the cover. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, ah, let's let's go as far as we can with this. We knew yeah. we couldn't go, you know, totally nuts, but you know, push it a lot. They were loosening up. I mean, you didn't see this in Marvel. They weren't doing this kind of thing back then. So DC was breaking some new ground, in my opinion. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, when you when you think of DC, the other books at that era, you know, and then all of a sudden this comes on, it's like really, boom, you know, in your grill. Well, that's one yeah. of the things that we often say is, yeah, we all read Slash Marauder, we all loved it. We were all way too young to be reading this. Yes, we never should get our hands <laughs> on this thing. Hey, I better hide this from mom tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a story. I got a story. I, right. I don't know if I ever I don't know if I ever told you this, Paul. I was oh, up ahead. at the. I was up at the office when the, uh, you know, you've been up there. You've seen the, the wall where they have the covers, the latest cover of every one of the titles all on this one big board, right? Yeah. And the first issue wasn't out yet, but they had a printer's proof of the cover of number one, and it was on the board. So I walked into Karen Berger's office, and here's this guy sitting there, and Karen says, Oh, Doug, do you do you know Alan Moore? And I said, No, Alan Moore, Jesus, you are great. I love that your stuff, blah blah blah. And he says, uh, he says, you love my stuff. I just saw the board out there that you and Paul Galacy are are working together again. I said, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's a crazy book. He said, I want you to know that every that. I learned everything the comics form is capable of doing from you two doing Master of Kung Fu. Wow. And I, I said, wow, a, a new best compliment ever. <laughs> yep, so and we got a bunch of them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Did I ever tell you that, Paul? Paulie. You never told me that, but I, that's, not, that's a very uh, sweet story to hear, man. And, I, you know, that's cool. It is. That's very cool. It is, and and he and I wouldn't expect I that with him, but that's nice. That's a that's a new surprise. 
I said, I can't wait to read this slash Maraud. You know, he was, yeah. he was really sincere about it. It made oh, me excellent. feel good. Yeah. So, so Marlon D.C. Uh, Marlon D.C., the, we're still around in here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know when you need some good comics, man. <laughs> slash yeah. Maraud 2, come on. Uh, well, oh, there, there, was spo- there was supposed to be a sequel, and because it sold really well, they in fact they they said it was uh, double their their wildest expectations. Wow. Uh, this this was direct sales only, comic shops only. Yeah. And back then, back then most of the sales were in the newsstand, right? And uh, the comic shops were just a little extra on the side. But this thing, number one, sold over a hundred thousand copies in comic shops alone, with no help from regular distribution. And they they thought if they could get thirty or forty, they'd be happy, and they were just over the moon. So they said, uh, "I know it's only six issues, but you, can you do another one?" And I said, "Well, I, if Paul wants to, you know." And I to the to this day I can't remember why we never did it. I don't know what happened. If Paul got busy on or maybe did I get called out there to do the Mighty Mouse TV show? I don't know. Something happened. Yeah, that's going back. That's going back a little bit. Eighty-seven. Who the hell knows? We also get uh, the introduction of two other major characters here in the towards the end of the book. Uh, Commander Karg. I, I, I'm hoping that's how you pronounce his name. He's kind of the current uh, commander of the alien forces, and he's, um, let's say, he's enthralled somewhat by the decadence of the of the Earth lifestyle, and uh, he's being replaced for that reason by a Sark. I think is the name of the the, the is how you probably pronounce it. I don't know. Is that, how do you how do you pronounce him, Doug? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I really don't remember yeah, those names. Really, Sark sounds Sark sounds fine to me. <laughs> Commander Sark is the uh, is the guy who's going to replace, yeah, Car. Yeah. So I mean, that's it. You no, I, no alien what page? What page? On page nineteen. Uh, oh, what page? Yeah. Sark Sark is the one who was gone native, and Karg is the one who was replacing him. I remember a guy going native, yeah, but I don't remember his name. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, still, uh, we kind of see a little more here, like the how of just almost the contempt uh, uh, that the, they have. Like the, these aliens will, they'll they'll get their fuzz licked, they'll drink, they'll do whatever, but they'll also kill a human like they're like they're a bug. They're just. They're disposable, yeah. uh, completely yep. worthless life forms to them, uh, less than a pet. Yep. There you well, go. they're taking over. They're taking over the planet, and when it's finished, all humans will be dead. So why do they care? Now, one we, of the, yeah, they're. Well, one of the things. Get back I, to the vicious, uh, the vicious Muppets again. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Which is why I designed them that way. I didn't want to come out with some like uh, really cool, trendy uh, alien stuff we saw in in the films and so forth. I wanted to come uh, in with something really out of left field that's going to be so like bizarre that people are going to go, what? And scratch your head. So that's why I made it like that. I, I made it simple, but but they came to life with Doug's dialogue. And then we found out what these, gonna, what these things are capable of, which now you got these cute, or not cute, 
that, but these fuzzy that creatures that are capable yeah, yeah, yeah. of like ripping your head off. That's why it works because when I wrote the original dialogue, I didn't know what they were going to look like, right? And the fact that they look so different from the dialogue is what makes the whole thing work, I think. Well, yeah, because exactly. it would have been it would have been so easy to go with like a V reptile kind of look. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting yep. fed reptiles. Yep. I mean, there's there's all sorts of you know debauchery going on. But I mean, the fact that they've got just these huge eyes and fuzzy faces, you know, but, yeah, but yep. the yeah. big teeth. It's it is great, and that is absolutely one of those things that that you know, like for me, if they were just reptiles, I don't know that this has the same you know, the same down-the-road appeal for me. Whereas with the fuzzies, you've really got this this long-term appeal. Well, they're memorable, yeah. that's for sure. And, they're, and he and her are doing everything they can to save their lives from these stupid Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> these alien Muppets. But it works. <laughs> Somehow we, we pulled it all together, man. And you wanted more. Well, and they look. You want to see where this went? And you know, they look mean. Like when they get angry, they look mean. Yeah, they're yeah, they go look mean. cute to mean in a second. Yep, yeah. and they got the teeth, and they're, they're, they're growling, and they're ready to go. And we also see that uh, one of them is uh, taken on the shape of Wild Blue. So we see the first time that they actually can take on another appearance, which becomes a key later in the storyline as well. So, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> In that steamy love uh, <laughs> shell thing, right? Yeah. yeah. That was pretty yeah. that was pretty yeah. wild, man. I think that was Doug's yeah. idea, right, Doug? I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. incubator steam room <laughs> for for getting it on, you know. Well, one, <laughs> yeah, one, of my, one of my nightmares from the hippie days, right? One of your trips. And it does end with uh, Wild Blue and, and Slash Moran, the issue, this, as Chris mentioned, landing literally on the uh, on a panda cage, the panda about the yeah. size of, of, of um, you know, like a, a, an 18-wheeler, like this yeah, huge yeah, yeah, panda. Yeah. So it's just, it's yeah. just, I mean, as a reader, we end this thing yeah. going, this thing's going to get even more nuts. Like this, we're yeah, just, because this is just the primer. Yeah. Because they're in the, in the midst of terraforming and manipulating the chemistry and the biology of the human race and stuff and having fun with this stuff or whatever, whatever the intention yeah. was. I don't know. Well, and I love the fact that it's like just in time for the Habilene Whalers second set pandemonium, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's just, it's so, it's so great for that moment. You know, when you see this panda, it's just, I know. Yeah, I've never got that before. <laughs> <laughs> You guys need to pound the DC editors and tell them you want some more to slash me out with it. Oh, you damn right we will. You damn right we will. <laughs> okay. After a few drinks at the bar tonight, you guys are head. You head. You can pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine, after a couple of stops, I will let it rip. <laughs> Absolutely, it's uh. <laughs> He's chiming in. Yeah, man, that's uh, that is our plan. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. We're we're expecting this to be a really popular show, and when it's really popular, we're going to go to DC and go look. Everybody, <laughs> there you go. There you go. we're ready. There you go. They are ready. So uh, yeah, a podcast will that'll do the trick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, people are known to get the WTC bump. Okay, they love it. They love. I it. I believe you. I believe you. What can I say? 
So, <laughs> uh, more purple snow in the second issue. Basically, the second issue is Slash and, and Wild Blue are on the run. There's, I mean, there's tons of action here. There, there's tons of aliens chasing them. Uh, they're getting on their bike and riding away. Explosions are going on. The panda gets killed. Uh, <laughs> how could we? Do yeah, that? I don't have that man. Let's put it, away. I got, I got issue one. <laughs> And I got issue six that I was able to find today. Amongst <laughs> <laughs> all my stuff all over, my, I got like these these shelvings and these casings of files of comics. I, would, I wouldn't know where to begin to find these things. It would take forever. Yeah. You know what? I was going to buy you and ship you some if you didn't have them. I wasn't sure. Buy me a what? Buy you some of the copies and ship them to you. I wasn't sure if you if you did have them. They're available. No, man, I got you. But I tell you what, man, it's too bad they didn't collect this. So it should have been collected. Oh, oh that's sure. that's we were gonna get there because that's one of the things. That they will. They will. I mean, somewhere along the line, they should have. And it, like, well, Doug just said they will. I hope that would be nice. It, it, it'd be a shame when, if it wasn't put together. Remember when they were they would never ever collect Master Kung Fu, and now they're coming out. Come on, they'll do it. Yep. Well, one of the things that yep. we kind of see in this after the, the action, the great action sequence, which is about the first 10 pages of them escaping. But uh, kind of what we see is, is just more of the the people of this earth and just how they're, like, they've, they've developed into different clans. They're they're violent. you got some some almost, you know, clockwork orange type stuff happening here. Some of the different clans, and they're dressed up like these crazy characters, like Native Americans and... Uh, and you know, and um, Davy Crockett. You know, you know what it sounds like to me. <clears throat> sounds like post-apocalyptic breakdown of society. That's exactly it. I mean, uh. the, <laughs> <laughs> there's the uh, the characters. Uh, what what were they called again? The the Damazons. The Damazons. Yep. Ah. Yeah, and the, the Indian characters were the family. The family. That's right. Uh, the Damazon. Damazon. Yeah. Oh, that was my idea. Paul can draw more babes. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Damn. Wait till Paul. Wait till Paul gets this. And he went to town. Yeah, I went. Right? Damn. Damn those Damazons. <clears throat> damn those damn. And seriously, you look at these Damazons and you think that Mad Max stole the look of almost all the characters from this. You know, or maybe it was the other way around. But even a Fury Road here. Because they, but yeah, you get the idea. That these are these uh, these women. And at this point, you don't know if these are lesbians or or what they are, but they certainly hate men, and uh, yeah. and they're a group. Oh, that's but, right. The drinking and so forth. Right? Yeah, yeah. But they but, all look that, hot. Second issue. I love the family because I mean, when the family jump in and they're like, "Forget the Alamo, remember the base motel." Jason lives and Freddy's back. I mean, this is yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know what they're talking about, Paul. The Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I do. Okay. The great god Manson yeah. and his acolytes, Bundy, Speck, Ramirez. But this is what the, with the, with the uh, monster trucks? Yeah, there's monster trucks from the Damazons. And the, like, say the yeah, all right, man. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, it, and, it, and it's crazy. Yeah, the family has, uh, yeah, the mother of them, they have, yeah, like this. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they, they watch Friday the 13th yep. and over and over again. Yeah. And, and yeah. you guys got to throw in a lot of, like, crazy, like, pop culture references for the time for these horror movies and stuff. And then and all not? this crazy violence and guns and and uh, and babes. And, uh, like, it's it's 
this this might be the craziest. Well, no, every issue is crazy. So <laughs> yeah, it goes deeper, like like Apocalypse Now, kind of like a journey. At this yeah, exactly. at this point, how do we get? Was there any concern with the pop cover, uh, uh, pop culture references? Because at the time, that wasn't exactly uh, commonplace. Now, every yeah. other thing just references yeah. everything. But back yeah. then, eighty eighty-seven, <clears throat> um, that that was not common. Well, there's a lot of things that Paul and I did for the first time that is now common. I, I got to tell you, I I don't know how many times I sit on my couch with my sweet wife watching a movie, and she turns to me and says, "You did that." Uh, and it's true. It's like, I'm not saying they stole it from us, but we were there first. Let's put it that way. Yep. Yep. You got that right, pal. Kind of the uh, the main crux of the second issue is, is uh, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of action uh, and the introduction, like I say, of, of just like how kind of how badly down society has fallen for the rest of the world. Um, yeah, you know, and 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 the Slash Marauder Wild Blue kind of formed this alliance with the Damazons that they're they're not too pleased about, especially since uh, Slash turns out he's a man. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the yeah. I remember that. Well, you know, if if you know if you know the world ends in five years, it's like either you get real religious or all inhibitions are out the window and you just go ape shit, right? Yeah, I mean, when, when there's you're going to be dead in five years. So what the hell? But yeah, I mean, in this issue in particular, you also insert this little, which is actually quite a sweet romantic scene between, let's call them the Cleopatra uh, uh, couple. That is actually quite uh, touching. Before the family, mm-hmm. uh, well, bursts in and kills everybody, but. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's one of those yeah. weird scenes that almost seems completely out of place, but but, but once, it makes you care about the book. Yeah, and and once you get it, you get it. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's yeah. that moment of like enough or something. Well, that, I think that was just to show you what's been lost. The you know the sweetness of that couple is humanity and. We're showing that all of that's out the window now, except at for point. slash, slash and wild blue. You know, I mean, a few still uh, humanistic humans around, but by and large, most people have just gone batshit crazy, right? No. In despair, yeah. utter despair of be- and humiliation. You, you know, with the. <clears throat> the fuzzy wuzzies leading them around on dog leashes and everything. That that utter debasement of humanity was uh, was the whole point. Well, the great thing about the issue two to me, you know, issue one is the sci-fi. Issue two kind of goes into the horror aspect. So, I mean, you're getting you're getting a lot of differential just in like two issues of the series. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That being conscious too, yeah. And the reason that uh, the Damazons and and Flash have kind of they they've uh, discovered that this this doctor that is the key, this alien doctor is the key to possibly stopping the terraforming of the Earth is being held by the family. So they kind of launched an attack on the uh, on the family to try and free the doctor, and that's kind of uh-huh. uh, 
the majority of what's happening in the second issue uh, towards the end. And it's kind of it's kind of it goes kind of uh, escape from the aliens for Slash and Wild Blue, and then uh, introduction of the Amazons and the family, and then Amazons and fam and Slash attack the family. It's kind of that's kind of how the uh, the, mm-hmm. the story flows in that issue. Uh, any other I'm questions like about tw- that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Um, any other any other questions <laughs> about issue two for from you, Brett and uh, Chris? Uh, not for me. No, let's let's hurry on to issue three so we can get to my favorite issue, number four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope is that the last one of the series? I hope. No, six. No, that's a six issue of the series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll, part two is tomorrow. Call us. <laughs> <laughs> so we see the introduction. They save uh, they save the doctor. And we see the introduction of the doctor character who who uh, has taken on a human form, uh, and then he shows himself as the alien. He doesn't trust the slash Maraud and and the Damazons, so he's vicious. And then when he kind of grows to trust them, he gets this like cartoony almost what his eyes get huge. He's like the cutest little like you just want to cuddle the little guy. <laughs> The character and it's just it's 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 crazy. Uh, <laughs> I love that moment though when his eye when his eyes like mesh together. Now, do they actually mesh together, or is it like a, or is it an optical illusion? I don't I don't remember this. Do you, Paul? No, I don't. Yeah, well, they, it's, no. he uses his eyes to show them kind of history and things that are going on and what they can oh, do. Oh, so you get oh, kind oh. of his up uh, his powers like so it's his eyes almost become like the like a like a TV screen. Well, if he can shape shift his form yeah. to human or anything else, he could, you know, just shift his eyes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That really happened, yeah. Okay, and so now we see the introduction of some more characters that will become key um the, what were these uh, these ones? They kind of are, I guess they're doing this gladiator-type fighting. Yeah, uh, the gladiatrix. So oh, who gladiator. cares? It's Rex Rumble and his crew. Rex Rumble. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. The greasers. We got That's some right. 50s greasers, right? Now you got 50 freaking greasers. greasers uh, Rex, Rex Rumble, who's, uh, whose father yeah. is a, a scientist that's also trying to... Uh, to um, uh, save the planet, and, and his son has become this violent gladia- gladiatrix character, and uh, and uh, you know slashes Rex ass- Rumble. <laughs> Rex Rumble's a great game, and he, he idolizes Elvis and James Dean. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. I grew up with those guys. Come on. <laughs> and then the Beatles you. were. And then the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan, and a couple of months later, all of my old friends were trying to beat the shit out of me for being a, a fucking, are you a boy or are you a girl? That kind of crap. Really? That was horrible. They stayed greasers. I didn't. I, I kicked the brill cream right out the window. <laughs> you still got the ponytail, right? <laughs> no, I, I, got, I got a haircut, Paul. No, okay, man. You're good to go. No, I'm, one an of the, old, I'm an old fart now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm surprised one of the fuzzies is wearing a Cincinnati Reds jersey, uh, not a not a Cubs jersey. What's up with that? That's, no, that's Paul. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, not Paul. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be an Indians. Uh, I'd be an Indians fan. Oh yes, not Cincinnati. I'm an well, Ohio you guy. You came up with you came up with the Cincinnati Reds thing, not me. Yeah. I, that might have been a favorite to somebody. I don't know. Right. 
Yeah, because this is, um, you know, this is, again, it's got, it's got a lot of that whole Mad Max element, that almost that Beyond Thunderdome fighting. Right. And, and then it gets really into the, to the crux of the story, like the real meat about how they're going to try to take on the terraforming and, and really move forward with that. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a plot contrivance to me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other key... Uh, actually, it's not, I don't know if it's key, because it doesn't really come up again, but one of the interesting scenes is that where uh, the um, uh, Commander Sark is... He's, I guess he's having some sort of, I don't know what you call it, relations with a woman who's wearing this mask, and, and it's like... Oh, yeah. But, but he's, he's showing his true form here. Like he's not even fuzzy. Like he's and he's. He, I mean, he's not. He's not reptile. Oh, I don't that's know right. He's got this. He's got like tentacles and and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember that. There's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. crazy stuff here, Paul. Like, what <laughs> do you remember at all this? Because this is like it's. It, he almost doesn't have a form except for he looks like he might have a hand and then just like bumps him. Yeah. And, yeah, I do. I recall that. Because <laughs> yeah, because there's no question. I mean, I mean the. The girl, I mean, it's it's beautiful drawing. She's got the gas mask on, and then you've got the crazy alien form, which is just, again, you know, when you're when you're a teenager, this is. You know, this I remember. I remember that. Yeah. I remember. Hey, like, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. They're shapeshifters. What if the fuzzy <laughs> thing isn't even the real shape? They have another shape yeah. beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yep. And that they can like transmit. They transmit messages using like the weird antenna that pop out of their heads. <laughs> you know? oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, I, I really don't know. Like, what what were you going for with that character? <laughs> with that design? Do you know? Because it's, it's I, not. You know, like I had to shoot number one, but um, all I had to do was read Doug's uh, script, and I, I was off the race like like uh, you as usual. And once once we got rolling with the story, they, all that stuff came real easy, man. And Doug, yeah. we were just having, we're just like, uh, we had complete freedom. Again, I think it was Andy, yep. right, Doug? Who was the editor well, no, of this thing? It was, it was, no, it was a combination of <clears throat> no comics code, uh, yeah. suggested for mature readers, and right. Doug, you're, you're the editor, you know, and nobody can tell you what to do, even though Andy was there. Exactly, right. I remember him calling and saying, well, I got the latest Galassi pages here. And I go, yeah, how are they? And he goes, well, they're beautiful, (laughs) but... And I go, what? Well, there's some strange stuff here. And I go, great, that's what we're trying to do, you know. He said, well, you'll see. I'm sending them out now. Yeah, but we just got it right under the code with that stuff. No, we were pushing the envelope, that's for sure, man. I remember that. What I love about we were right at the edge of what they would uh, tolerate. Yeah, yeah. I think we we both knew we both knew where the edge was. That was the good part. Yeah, that's we knew. You got that right. We knew where to draw the line. Yeah, Yeah. we went far. We went farther than they expected, but not farther than they would tolerate. Because you have magazines that also at that point like heavy metal coming out. Yeah, of these, yeah, you know? yeah. Yep, so yep. this wasn't new. This is just another spin, you know, under the rules and regulations. New of, from DC, though, you know. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, you got that right. And, and that's what I mean. That I, was groundbreaking for those guys, I think. I think so too. And and you know, one of at least before, one thing that did. This is before Vertigo. This is before. So I mean, yeah. It, I mean, I, I, it's hard yeah. to imagine that you didn't get any pushback from from the company and the and people. You know, I guess. I well, guess the fact that it wasn't st- an existing property is why. Well, they were stupid enough to let me be the editor and to take it <laughs> off the newsstands, comic shops only, mature readers. It's like it was all there, and they, what could they say? Yeah. <clears throat> I said I. I remember. I remember saying to somebody, not Andy, somebody else. Uh, well, you wanted it for mature readers, right? That's what you told me. And they, well, yeah. All right, you know, shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think and, the the best thing ahead, for the best thing for me, like as a comic book fan, was because I was just growing into comic books. So when I, you know, Marvel and DC seemed like the biggest games in town, and so like to be able to see something that was this you know, groundbreaking and and pushing the envelope out of DC meant that, because I wasn't going to actually be able to buy heavy metal, but I could buy this. And so for me, yeah. that was really that introduction to to that to that other side, you know, which is, you know. Yeah. yeah. We won't touch that other side. You know, where you're going <laughs> that's, that. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we, we, had, had, um, but we, we had fun breaking you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Along with that National Geographic in the bathroom, you got something new here, buddy. Slash Marad in the National Geographic. Yeah, so we'll get past issue three so we can move on to Chris's favorite here. But the key element in issue three is that, uh, well, uh, the, the uh, scientist, the Earth scientist who's trying to uh, solve the problem of the terraforming, and let's say his son is, is Rex Rumble. And he gets Slash to go and try and get his son away from the violent lifestyle he's leaving. And they end up recruiting, uh, getting Rex Rumble to join their group as well. So now you have the Damazons and you have the, the, the uh, Rex Rumble and his crew. And you have uh, Wild the Blue. Greasers. Greasers, yeah, yeah that's right. You have the greasers. And, but during all of this, one of the uh, Shapers manages to, uh, to replace the, the Shaper Doctor. That's the key to the whole thing, to saving theirs. And that doctor oh, gets damn. Uh, kidnapped and uh, damn. Slash and his crew what discover- complications. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slash and his crew pretty quickly discover that the, that this isn't the same man because his personality is different. Uh, this is uh-huh. does not fool them for long. So uh, this leads us into issue number four, where uh, they decide that they need to find out where the doctor is being taken to save him. And, uh, there's really only one way that they can decide to do this. Uh, they need to, they need to, how can I put this, Chris? Uh, they need to. Alien they, chest felicitate? Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that, but you could. Uh, they need to motivate this uh, shaper to, to share uh-huh. this information. What do you motivate? When you want to motivate a man, what do you threaten to cut off? So basically, <laughs> Wild Blue on uh, Slash's, um, he gives her the okay, though he regrets it to some degree later because he wishes she didn't have to do this, but he tells her to lick fuzz. And by licking Uh-oh. fuzz, she, she uh, he, he in, a, in quite a graphic, probably the most, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the most controversial, certainly the most memorable to me, scene in the whole book, she licks fuzz, a, uh, I guess a sexual organ pops out. She takes a hold Ooh. of it. 
threatens removal of it. And let's just say really? the alien talks pretty damn quick. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wait, did we wow. draw this? I think that's I a, another so. book that we didn't work on that book. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds vaguely familiar. Right Jeez, keep, going. I'm, keep going, guys. I'm sweating over here. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's I never heard of that from that angle. Uh, not what you intended for tr- to portray it is what you're saying because that's certainly what I. See. I'm going through the chores right now, guys. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a train robbery. <laughs> <laughs> Look, people that don't no, know what the hell we're talking about, they're going. They're going. What the hell? You know. No. Who that's, are these people? That's, that's what we did, but didn't we? Well, count this, it I, th- in, uh... I think what it boiled down to is. Doug and I having free reign and pushing the, the envelope, you know, the code back then, as far as you could go and, and not get caught or busted or, or, or spanked. And it worked. Yeah. You yeah. know, it wasn't just uh, pushing the envelope for the sake of naughtiness and, and sex and violence or whatever. We had a good story there. And, and we pushed the envelopes in, the, in the, I think, a, a fun and discreet way, Doug. Yeah. And, He's describing it more blatantly, I think, than it was in the comic, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in no, the comic book, it, it takes, it, it's funny, because overall, this is really only like three or four panels. But yeah. you completely get everything oh, yeah, you yeah. need to from those three or four panels. The nuance, so, yeah. And, and we, yeah. We, we may have interpreted it as a 13-year-old and never questioned those. no 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 that's what we intended but you <laughs> spelled it out much more explicitly than we did in the book right yes well i think there's okay. one there's one there's one panel where you go oh there's no doubt what's happening here <laughs> well there's Most, yeah, yeah. it's kind of kind of uh you know yeah but there's one panel where you're like, okay, she's she's right now holding something that looks like it's erect and coming right out of his chest, and she's got it with both hands and squeezing. And you're yeah. like, you know, that's the one where I went, oh, there's no question. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's yeah. this great there great panel where she's doing it, and it's and it's from the ground looking up, and so all you see is like the erect fuzz thing, uh-huh. and his what eyes behind see? it, and and of course you see. Um, Wild Blue's butt and stuff like that. I mean, it's a fantastic but, panel. <laughs> but it was coming out of his chest, not yes. his crotch, so that's we right. were safe. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. There you go. It's coming out of his chest, and it doesn't. It looks like something, but it doesn't look like something. Like it's, it's strange, but it's. Uh, and I don't know why it's even kind of erotic in this strange way. Or maybe I'm just that messed up. And you guys would have done it if that's the case. <laughs> No, you're well, messed up. Bro. No, no. <laughs> but then take credit for that, huh? <laughs> no, then, it was it was there. Yes. All right. Uh, this but may not, be not in so many words. <laughs> now, that, you recall that that scene or what? That, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But I can't agree with it. Was, it wasn't in so many words. Is my point. But you must have heard yes. about it from. Like it must have been a lot of people coming up to you and going, "Oh man," <laughs> or like over the years, is it, it, or is it just actually? 
Well, a lot of people have come up to me and talked about Slash Maraud, but this is the first time anybody's mentioned that specific scene. Interesting. To me. Now, yeah. actually, this might be a good time to interject this. Uh, earlier this week, I, I was looking through my Twitter feed, and I saw um, Victor Santos, who does a wonderful comic book, uh, Mice Templar and uh, Violent Love. And he was drawing a little pinup of Wild Blue. So I, I just sent a little uh, note to him and asked him if he had any questions for you. And he wrote okay. back that he, he wondered if there was any problems with DC because of the, some of the sexual uh, elements of the story, those weird hybrid. <laughs> Excuse me. No. No, there were no, pro- no problems with no, DC. Man. No, man. No, because they were enthralling. It was hypnotizing and enthralling, and we pulled all these people into this series, and they wanted yeah. more. Because I mean, yeah. we pushed the envelope, but we 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 would stop, hit the brakes right at the edge of the cliff. You really That's did, how yeah. we played this thing. Because I we mean, know we're we're messing with heads for sure. I, actually, I'm not even talking some of the more salacious moments that we were talking about, but I mean, a couple pages later you actually get um, some of the first images of uh, homosexual characters I think I'd ever seen in a comic book. Um, you, I mean, this, this series has so much going on, wait, and so wait, much wait, of wait, it wait, is wait, bra- wait. groundbreaking. <clears throat> Who were the homosexual characters? Um, it, uh, when one of the Damazons gets rejected uh-huh. by the, yeah, okay. samurai, <clears throat> the samurai biker... Uh, character which i can't believe i'm saying especially since the viking character comes in <laughs> we true. did have everything dam- paul one <laughs> of the dam- did a samurai biker brass tacky brass tacky we had everything in there and the gays we had everything in there <laughs> yeah. we didn't hold that yeah no yeah, yeah everything true. A dam- i mean with the, the amazon that the black woman was yeah. definitely a, a lesbian we yep maybe but i'm she, the only well, guy that knows she hits that. on a i mean she ends well, up with rex rumble too so yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she was on. The, <laughs> that's right. Rex <laughs> got it on, man. Do you remember that one, Doug, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But remember I the, um, mind. Remember the roll around nude in the protoplasm? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw it no, at I had in mind. I had in mind that all the Damazons were gay. <clears throat> oh, they, they, I mean, they. Uh, damn, no. That's why they said damn, you know, damn. They saw them, it's like, damn, you know. Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll joke. Go but, ahead. But you know the the in mythology, the original Amazons, they were lesbians. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So, oh, there yeah. You go. No, I'm so just saying this was one of my first experiences in comic books because I mean, let's face yeah. it, comic books are sort of the backward or at the time were sort of the backward uh way of looking at things and there was a lot of stereotypes and I mean, this was one of the first times I think I'd ever seen anything like that even referenced. Yeah, and it's not a big deal yeah. that's made out of it. It's just kind of like somebody makes no. a pass at a guy. The guy says, oh, I'm not interested in your in, in you. And I, another guy... The line is, I don't do, do femmes. Yeah, I don't that's do femmes. Ter- that's a and, great and, line. And then another guy is kind of eyeing him up, and you get the sense that they're going to get together, and that's it. So, but So it's... It's actually kind of cool. Like it, it's a very progressive, especially for the time. It's even progressive now, I think. Yep, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Well, yeah. Well, in and, this and, this episode, I don't know, Doug. That was like, we're we're getting pretty good. Wow, over there. 
I do. I do remember that. Yeah. And and no, there was no. Definitely, was I definitely no got to get off the phone and start looking, rooting around for these comics when I get up. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I, you know no. what? I got have a good excuse, guys. My wife and I just moved, so everything is like higgledy piggledy, and, and my studio is like nuts. I'm just finally getting this thing put together. So I'm, I, 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 like I said, I was only able to find two of these issues. Yeah. So that's all I have to go by. But I, I do. It's, it is taking me down like memory lane, hearing you guys yep. discuss this stuff. And so it's, it's a lot image, of fun. There's another image. But I, I remember, <clears throat> I remember doing that scene and thinking, the way to make this the most outrageous is by downplaying it and just doing it matter of fact, very and you know, and dropping it, just letting it go. That in itself makes it even wilder, you know, that it's yeah, but it, uh, it was accept, it's commonplace, accepted. But it all worked. It was it was not done for a shock yeah. value. It was all an integral no, no. part of the, the storyline, the script. It we never strayed right. from that. It gives the world right. more le- depth and layer. That's what it does. It makes this world yeah, feel exactly. more organic, and that's what you got what's it. So damn good about it. Uh, and and that's, you know, I tell you what. And if if they had made, if they would make a film today, you would have to touch on those aspects. For sure. What we had back then. Yep. There's no and toys there's, about it. There's something you had to play the that. shit out of that. Uh, I would think, especially in, 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 you know, if it's set in the future like that. Well, I mean, I, when I watch Walking Dead now, I see that type of thing happen all the time. A very there you similar, go. you know? Yeah. Uh, so so there's something else in here that I just it's, can't You know believe. what? Because uh, it was always about the human condition. Absolutely. That's what, what, what uh, the bottom line, I think, the you know, the undercurrent of a slash marauder. You could be invaded by this, but his, at the end of the day, we're all like in the same boat here. And there's something else in how here. We, how we deal with this emotionally or whatever. what, Whatever. Right, Doug? Or what? You with me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something else in here I can't believe you got away with, though, and even more so than that uh, uh, for the time or even now, and that's that the, this shaper that they've now captured is, well, he's being held. He's tied to trees. So he's he's taken on different, like, shapes to try and manipulate them and give them, make them feel sorry for oh, him. Oh, yeah. Um, including, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. a little girl and stuff like that. But yeah, the one, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, Jesus on the cross with the the blood and the, yeah. the from the whips <clears throat> and the crown of thorns. And I'm yeah. like, that's such a, that's an image that for people. Well, so, I, bet, you know, I, I bet you wouldn't be able to get away with that now. No. Not at uh, D.C. No, I no, don't think no, you could. No, I think you're right. No, things have, things have regressed uh, in certain ways. Yeah, I think so I'm too. not even talking about Trump yet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go We're ahead. Canadians, you don't want to get us started. We don't know what the hell. Happened oh man, you um, look. I don't care how Canadian you are. You could not possibly be more disgusted than me. Oh no, it's no way. Go ahead. No, I. <laughs> Actually, I, I I almost oh man okay this would be no I'm gonna, I'm not going to go there because this will get away from uh, this yeah, will get yeah, away yeah, from yeah. Slash and Raw. I mean, so well, I have we, a we have a we have a Noloid train. We have gumballs that uh, that, that yeah. Make, Brent, make why don't you why don't you give a, a little bit of the rest of this because uh, these here's some more crazy character designs. You these characters are almost look cartoon characters like instead of oh yeah you well, know 
I love the Nulloid characters because, I mean, the the fuel, 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 you know, that that kind of crazy, like, this is how they drive every drive the train is by constantly oh, pushing yeah, on the gumballs yeah, yeah. and their eyes get big and they just, and they yeah, totally yeah. become that, that, that kind <laughs> the of, like, what's are funny fuel. The fuel is riding that people. train high on cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they look, they've got that Robert Crumb kind of look to them. That you know, that that whole like driving the big roadster kind of. Thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I remember the time Paul came to stay at my house for a visit, and he was doodling. And I looked at it. I said, "What? Jesus Christ! You can do cartoony stuff too." You know. Well, I had no idea he could draw funny, cartoony things. And out of that came uh, Brainaki in Master of Kung Fu. And yep. after that, a few, you know, we found a few other ways to, to let Paul unleash his cartoony inner self, you know. And I always love it when, when we can do that. Well, this is fantastic because I mean, you know, a couple of like Rex Rumble, you know, a couple of the of of the hero characters wind up taking the gumballs, but it's just this mad scramble of, of yeah, yeah, you know, gumballs and the train. Like, I mean, you again, here we go with something completely different. We have a train robbery right yeah. in the in the <laughs> middle of Slash Maraud, you know. Yep, yep, I remember. You remember Paul and those head. characters? Beg your pardon? Say again. Do you, remember, do you remember designing those Nulloid characters? I do. Pardon me? I remember. You're lucky I can remember. <laughs> Anything beyond that, I don't remember. <laughs> I do remember uh, achieving that task. But I have to you see remember. these things. <clears throat> you remember having to draw 9,000 gumballs, surely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On a train. Uh, Man, I yeah. gotta, you know what? When I get off the phone here, I got to dig up these issues. <laughs> then we'll call you back and start all over. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense of this show. I'm in. <laughs> it's like a bunch of people. Do you remember this? I don't know. Do you, do you, you have my book, right? No, I gave it to him. Well, these gum, and the thing is, these gumballs that, that are like cracked at these people's the, 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 and, they, and they're powering this thing, is they're like human DNA. Like, you, like the, they have a, you have a scene where the humans are just being thrown into this yeah. vat. They're, they're, they're boiled yeah. down to the human essence, and that's what they're using to terraform the planet. And these gumballs are from that, too. And it's like, okay. it's like, it's like Soylent Green is people, you know? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, they end up saving the doctor, and that's the reason why this this train, this, this the alien doctor. That's why this train thing happens. They end up sailing him, and now and now they're they're prepared to make their final launch, and they're they go to New York so they can try and get to Paris. And uh, in New York, in issue five, you got the introduction of my favorite character, uh, the fucking Chicago Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying here. Jesus. Is, it, is it purple snow? Yeah, take another toke over there, Doug. <laughs> you know, you know what I have, what I have in my wallet to this day, Paul. A joint. Do you, no, no, no. This was this was back in 1980 something. I don't remember when, but uh, remember when Jim McMahon and the and the Super Bowl shuffle and re, the refrigerator, the, all those yeah. Chicago Bears, right? Yep. You and I made a bet on the Super Bowl, and I picked the Chicago Bears, and you picked whoever 
they they played against, and the Bears won, and yeah. you drew you. It was a two dollar bill, and you drew a Chicago Bears helmet on whoever the fuck the president is who's on the two dollar bill. <laughs> and I've kept I've kept that ever since. Who is on the two? Oh, you got that? Bill? I don't <laughs> okay. I still got it from 1980. Whenever the Bears won the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude, I'm a genetic man back in the day. Yep. That's awesome. You guys are Chicago Bear fans over there? Well, well I'm from not. Chicago. I mean, Doug, obviously, we're we're NFL fans, but uh, yeah, but who you have, who who is your team, man? You know what? I'm I, because I always kind of did like the Detroit Lions, but uh, because uh, Barry Sanders, when I was a teenager, was so dynamic. You know, I mean, he yeah, was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of more of a fan of the league. I play a lot of that fantasy football. Brett plays that with me a lot. So it kind of, it's yeah. it kind of just like following the league. I, I love the sport. Yeah. Let me, <clears throat> let me ask you something about Canadian football. Sure. Is the, is the field still 10 yards wider? Yes. Yeah. Wow. The end zones are different size. The field is wider and, and it's also wow. uh, longer. Yeah, 55 yards uh, or like. Like fifty-five yard line is the middle of the field instead. One hundred ten yards. One hundred ten yards. Yeah. Yeah. And fifty-five yards. I across. remember. I got. I really got into watching Canadian football for a while way back. I don't remember when it was, but I. I, I wish you could have seen the championship some, game this year that went to overtime. There's something like, you know, the end around run mm-hmm. takes on a whole new meaning when you got ten more yards to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different game. Anyway, but, get back yeah. to Slash. We'd better. We'd better. We'd better. So, uh, so anyways, Chicago, Chicago Bear. Bear. So this is my favorite, uh, actually, issue, and I'll tell you why. It's because this issue doesn't have like you have so much craziness that's been going on, and it's been so much action. But this issue is like everybody's just kind of preparing for what they have to do to leave to go on this mission to try and save the Earth. And so this is just a, a shitload of of just incredible character study like you find out a lot about blue and and slashes past together and you know the the damazons and why they came to be hating men so much and 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 the the different characters like just get introduced and everybody you know rex rumble gets a lot of a lot of character time and and just everybody just kind of gets their moment so that of development just kind of this last to, you know, it slows things down, and and I love it. It's the penultimate build-up issue. Yeah. Well, and it's got set for the big finale. Yeah, because so many movies, you know, of you know of the seventies and such, had those kind of moments. I think where where like where Eagles Dare kind of thing, where it's just like everybody, you got to get that character out just before everybody you know, climbs the mountain, goes up the hill or whatever. And that definitely has that same feeling here for when, because you know that some of these characters aren't going to make it out. So yeah. this is the way for you to, to feel for them for when they die. <clears throat> well, the big finish always works better if you care about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what this issue does is it really gives that, like everybody gets their moment here, you know, a lot yeah. of character moments. And uh, yeah. and so it's a change of pace, but I, I love it. Um, and that leads us to the sixth issue. Um, and in the sixth issue, almost everybody dies. <laughs> Paul, you have it in front of you. I do. I have the issue. You have the issue in front of you. What do you think yep. as you look at it, as you flip through it? 
Yeah, this was, I think, uh, Doug was, a, who, I think I came up with Paris. I don't remember. I have no idea. You better not say otherwise, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Because I know you. Lying, no, you I think, I, think I said, let, let's, footsies, you know. let, let's get them out of the States and go somewhere. And I think we picked Paris. I don't know. Well, and Paris Whatever. is great. But yeah, I'm looking at this. Well, it's, well, it's it like was a, a, the... Go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. No, it's, it was important that the whole world is going to die. Yeah, exactly. That's change, what you want to reflect. Change. Yeah, exactly. change. We, we even went, took it one step further to show, on a global sense, how this, is, this chaos is yeah. affecting yeah. humanity, right? And Paris was, I yeah, think, was and, ideal. They to pick. And, and what, are, what are the odds that the key spot would be in the United States? I mean, not very big odds, you know. Yeah, uh, more than more than likely would have been in Russia, the biggest land mass, right? That has the greatest odds of it. But anywhere but the United States, where we've been for five issues, is uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a way of conveying that this is a global thing. And it's so iconic, you know. I mean, the the Eiffel Tower is yeah. is a, yeah. is brilliant. I mean, everybody knows the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in here again. I mean, there's there's just some great imagery. I mean, I love the, I love when when Sark and Card kind of, or when when uh, when Sark shows up and he's on top of that ship and he's got the flowing robes, you know, and the Eiffel Towers in the back. I mean, it's just that his character I find really fascinating in this issue because he he kind of becomes human in his own way. He he's he really wants to be a human through the whole thing. And and so he almost becomes more important than Dr. X in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Well, I remember thinking about that too. Uh, All these humans, because their life is in imminent danger, right? I mean, they're going to die. Everybody dies in five years. Let's party all of them submitting to these horrible aliens. And then I remember thinking, well, what if there was one alien who saw something in humanity, you know, and that's how that came about. Uh, yep. Do a twist, do a twist on, you know, what you've been doing with everybody else. And I just love the fact that he's become just this fat, fuzzy because he eats hot dogs you know the the pass me another burrito woman i gotta think you know it's, i mean he's a great well, and, and that's and that's a way of subverting the uh you know he sees the good in humanity wants to become human but really it's just because he loves junk food human junk food <laughs> you know. yeah he's not exactly uh exactly uh trying to become what we consider to be the best of humanity. He's kind of wallowing no, in no. our, in our right. worst nature. And that's what, that's <laughs> right. what's appealing to him. That's, and that's right. an interesting take too. This yeah, is, yeah, is this yeah. uh, issue five or, or six? Uh, this is six. We're kind of uh, what page? Uh, well, just uh, the, the page where he shows up is it's near the end here. Um, you know where we'll take this is, Brett? Well, there's, there's a lot because yes, they're not numbered. No, they're not. Um, yeah. That's because yeah. I was the editor and screwed up. <laughs> it's probably, I think, about page 20, 19, somewhere in that range, maybe. maybe. Okay. I think it's 18, 19 in that range. I'm well, 18, be, I think. Yeah, because the thing is, is that Sark 
becomes wild blue at one point as well and and he also kills some of the he he ensures that the humans are able to kind of you know complete the mission but uh right yeah and and almost every character like we say die most of the damazons most of the 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 greasers uh the 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 doctor character who uh the doctor of rex of uh rex rumble his his dad the scientist they kind of end up having this in the previous issue, we talk about the the, um, the character building. They kind of have a moment where they they, they understand each other, and and then he ends up uh, dying. Uh, that the the scientist's father is going to deliver the 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 piece that will help save the earth, and he dies on the way. And as he's dying, Rex runs up to him and and he says to him, "Your mom, she's up there watching both of us. Make her proud." And he's like, "You got it, Pop. You got it. You know." And now he's risking his life. And one of the things about this is is that most of these characters that were so they were selfish and they even got kind of yeah. dragged along into this, not <clears throat> wanting yeah, to be heroic. Yeah. Now, yep, when they're yep. faced in that moment, they're finding their own, her, her, uh, you know, uh, their own heroic side. And so that's, uh, that's right. one of the things I think that really helps. Again, we talk about what makes this thing work. It's not just that it's got crazy shit. It's that, right. it's that yeah. emotional stuff, right? Yep. Yep. Yep, That's yep, what yep. was uh, that was the thread with Master mm-hmm. Kung Fu as well. Absolutely, yeah. This angst uh, uh, that Shang Chi had with his father and so forth, and the Very end, you know, unfinished business <clears throat> in that relationship. Yeah, there's another reason you were talking about how so much stuff is crammed into each issue. There's another reason for that, and it's purely physical. I think at the time, the DC books were 22 pages, and aren't these like 26 pages? That's right, yeah. 27 including cover. And uh, Yeah, but those four extra pages really make much more of a difference than four pages should. They really do. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could have easily gone further on any number of things that that are in these comics like this is one of those issues where or like series where just because it's six it could have been 12 and still not felt long to me because there's so many things that you introduce that maybe get a few panels but but i could take a whole other issue on you know i i know i wasn't as a kid i wasn't a fan of the trip to paris um, I no. remember specifically calling bullshit because we didn't have time to get there. Um, and quite frankly, right. I would like to to see all these characters on the same freaking plane uh, <laughs> for the 17 hours. Oh, we um, just skipped that, did we? Yeah. yeah, just completely skipped it. And I called bullshit. Yeah. And I, I still call bullshit. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Tower is worth it. Uh, it's, a, it's a comic book. That's for right. Me. Yeah, he's okay with who, uh, shapers who can, who, uh, you know, have... And uh, who's, uh, but, well, who said it was one plane? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they only had one pilot. <laughs> That's true. Really? Oh, I'm, and, I'm, and by the way, I just want to mention most characters die, including the Chicago Bears, so screw you guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm starting oh. to hate Doug, too, over all this. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We killed the fucking panda. Come on, I'm never working with you again. <laughs> but the thing, you know, the thing. Yeah, you I, killed the panda, you idiot. I love at the end. You know, you've got that 
Casablanca moment. You know, you've got it's it's walking off into the sunset. You know, Blue and Slash have have set a date to to meet in three months at the Cavern in Vegas. So the real question then is, do Blue and Slash actually get together? Well, like I said, we were we were supposed to do a sequel, another six issue thing, and I can't remember why it never happened because we we both loved it and wanted to do it i remember that but somehow paul got busy with something else or i got busy i don't know i can't i cannot remember i i love the bittersweet ending just because um i mean slash doesn't go off with blue at in the end just because of an immature reaction um, and it's so true to the character that these who yeah. characters also are so deeply flawed. And I, I think that that's part of the reason this series hit so, so hard that, I mean, you can be a immature asshole yet the right guy at the right time. Yeah. 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 And it all doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you know, everything worked out ultimately for humanity to, I guess, to a degree, but you know, it's, you still have, you know, moments of sadness, and and I do think that 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 helps this this out along. I think we were just trying to avoid the typical happy ending where the two lovers embrace, and you know, but we didn't want to spoil it forever either. So we have them splitting up, but maybe getting together. And if we'd ever done the sequel, you can be sure they would have gotten together. Sure. They're going to meet at the at the cavern in in Vegas. Yep, yep. There you go. They're going to I, hook up. I would absolutely, you know, so many. That's years the hook right on, there. Start another one. I would love to see that. <laughs> Hell, even an age, uh, aging wild blue, I think, would be kind of hot. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. Twenty <laughs> years <laughs> later, they meet up. Yes. Yeah, I want to know if she's going to be wearing the same outfit or not. Yeah, that's that's it. Now I'm, now we're spitballing. Yeah, they were supposed to meet up in three months, and Slash doesn't show, right? And then, uh, you know, and then it's <laughs> years later that they actually meet up, right? And then, oh wait, no, let's get to And then, you know what happens? That '90s hit, and everybody's destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Everybody commits suicide. Trump gets elected president. Know. And everybody's destroyed. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I heard on the radio just the other day something about 90s nostalgia is, what? is coming. Nope. Please. Or it's already here Please, or whatever. No, no, I heard that. I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm an old fart now, you know. So there's nostalgia were... for not having fun? <laughs> no, no, 90s fashion, 90s music. Is oh, they're just back. trying to sell that oh, come old on, house fashion? reboot. Well, this was NPR, so who knows, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This one, mm, ain't touching that one. All right, well, uh, so just to throw this, I mean, I guess you can't do this then without DC's. You can't just do something with it, huh? Even though it's your property. But no. You couldn't, you couldn't do something no. without DC, and they'd want to have to do it. and So it's just like kind I of... Like I say, we, we own the copyright, but there are strings attached. Yeah. And if if there ever were a sequel, DC would have to do it, yeah. That's they sad. have the right of first refusal, you know. Yeah, that's too bad, because there's so much left here. There's 
so yeah, much on the yeah. table. The themes are timeless. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd well, just settle for a, for, for a reprint of it with decent... Uh, I mean, the coloring was wonderful for the time, but I would love to see a remaster of yeah. this digitally. Yeah. It'll happen. Basically because issues are hard to find so I can share it with other people. It's true. Trade paperback yeah. would be awesome just to have that on the on the shelf. And, uh, you know, uh, we just want to thank you guys uh, personally. I mean, sure. I know I'm, I do. By the way, I'm Mo. Probably wouldn't even <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just want to thank it's... you guys because seriously, uh, this, no, and a bunch of other things. Like, Prey is one of my favorite. Like I say, I could talk Dr. Hugo Strange to you forever. Like, I just, that's amazing and the sequel too and and everything but like this book is uh it meant a lot to to us it's like i say it kind of helped forge our friendship uh between us it's a uh you guys should be so proud of it uh you know because it yeah because because we all loved it and that that was something that bonded us and and uh you know that many years ago and now we're i mean still doing this podcast many years later talking comics and so just that's awesome man that's really so cool. extremely proud of it and i just want to thank you personally you know and I, i'm sure chris and and brett have something similar to, that they'd like to say oh yeah no i mean we just throw out slash maraud anytime uh, and we know the other guy's gonna laugh and point at you <laughs> okay it's just, and I, I don't behalf, think that came out right chris <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> on behalf of both of us i apologize for giving you such a hard time <laughs> <laughs> that's okay we we live for that kind of thing We're this Canadian. Is, uh, We're all Canadian. right our fault. <laughs> <laughs> you're always getting whacked right <laughs> the number one thing we want to do is we want to come on the show we want to talk comics we have a, we want to have a good time and we have done all of that stuff today and well you know what guys look look here we've done a lot of stuff outside of slash Marat. oh absolutely so anytime you want us to come back we got a lot to talk about and you know what we want to do exactly that <laughs> let's do it i mean we've got a lot of stuff out there man i know oh yeah sex from serious definitely Anything. I mean, there's so much stuff, you know. I mean, the the work that you two have done together is is amazing. I mean, and absolutely, we are all. Hey, hey, hey! Did you guys catch our James Bond? You know what? I did not catch James Bond. Wasn't that what? Yeah, that's one of the best things we've ever done. It's called Serpent's uh, Tooth. Oh yes, yes. That's right. You know what? Uh, Okay. I should have. That was was it. Dark Horse that did that. Did that? Yeah. Yeah, Dark Horse. Yeah, that, was, that was probably that was like early '90s or so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I yeah. know it, and and I was, yeah, it was shortly after um, Slash brought a few years, so yeah, four years. Know, and you know what? You know what? You know why I, did, I didn't realize it was you guys, and and, and it was because you know you kind of get oh, this. Check like, it out again. Yeah, these it's these, great. These guys, these damn licensed mm. books are such hit and miss that I mean I avoided it at the time, and oh no, and no, now let I me wish tell I'd you. Known. Mike Richardson was the head of Dark Horse. I guess he still is. Yeah. But he called me one day. He said, I just got back from London, and -and so-and-so, the head of Glidrose, which was Ian Fleming's literary estate. I just have to tell you what he said. And I said, okay. He said that your serpent's tooth is the best James Bond story written by anybody other than Ian Fleming. He's including all of the novels, all of the movie scripts in that statement and he wanted you to know that i said wow and comic book interpretation yeah the best one that ian fleming didn't do is what he i remember i just did an interview and brought that up that was funny 
You know what? I'm looking at it right now on their website. It's available. We can get it. We can read it. So we will, and we will get you guys back to talk about it. Oh, let's okay. talk Bond, man. We'll do that all night. Oh, yeah. Add oh, to yeah. cart. I can talk Bond for, uh, you know, for that's hours. Some, that's, that's some of Paul's best work. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I might have peaked yeah, well, on Bond. <laughs> and uh, Six well, and Serious, I don't think Flash that Maraud wasn't bad. Six and Serious, <clears throat> six I think. Six from had it was it that, dynamite or idw somebody did like a trade paperback of one point of view yeah 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 i don't know you can get it now. Uh, image did it image okay i think yeah. image did do it yeah yeah so uh that's not available though as far as you know though now we can't or we can't oh yeah it's available it's available, it's available. So you're talking about size yeah. by not not six from series no i think it was six from oh series. wait a minute six from six series from or somebody Siri- else no that was uh what's his name Oh, I can't dynamite? remember that guy. Nick Barucci. Yeah, Dynamite. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. Did Did you guys know there was a sequel to Six from Series? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Some lovely uh, breasts in that one, as I remember. <laughs> that was yeah. never reprinted, right? But doesn't what? No, that was never collected. Never collected. Yeah, that should yeah. be. We, that, that, we that's really, it's our, really obscure. We could do it ourselves. That's yeah, good. it's good. such a it's such a pain in the ass. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yep. Awesome. I think my ex is hoarding all that artwork. I never got it back in a divorce. <laughs> I don't know where the hell it is. Wow. The entire mm. hand painted series <laughs> that was is somewhere, and I don't know who has it, but gorgeous, I think she gorgeous. does. Gorgeous. Do you know? Oh, you want me to Paul? call her? You want me to give her a call? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> you know. I need a Canadian lawyer right, right away. <laughs> Paul Paul hand colored this himself. Wow. With, uh, Excuse me. Weird magic markers. Markers, painters, everything. Did it all himself by hand, and they just photographed the page. There was no printing process, you know. Wow. And I remember another time he came out to my house and he brought the first of those pages. And I, do you remember how I went on and on about those, Paul? Yeah, I do. I, I was floored. I just, it was the most gorgeous stuff I'd ever seen. That 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 that, that last Coke, yeah, that is all coming back. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. That went nowhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we have a, a tradition on the show. I'm not sure if, if there is anything, but if we have a tradition on the show that we like to do, a little segment we like to, to give to the, the guests on the show that we like to call Plug Your Shit. Is there anything anything that you guys would like to plug? Uh, I would like to plug the more use of characters I've created in movies, which is <laughs> tons of money. <laughs> <clears throat> so much money, I don't have to do anything anymore. There what you go. Got Can I create one ball. character for you, too, then? <laughs> I'd like that. Too. What? Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Paul? Okay, here's my plug for all you guys. You guys uh, have you checked out The Rook yet? Remember The Rook from the Warren Publishing Company? The oh, Rook? Wow, okay. Black and white series. I remember that now. Back in the day. Uh, yeah, but but yours is color. This is color. This is um, yeah, Bill yeah, Dubay's okay. creation back in the day in the 70s. Uh, he passed yeah. away 
left the rights to his nephew, Ben Dubay, who hammered Mike early in the year at, at Dark Horse to take this series on, and Mike caved. And we got uh, two different tra uh, trades right now out. The first uh, four issues were collected. Now the second issue was out on the stands, and I really uh, highly recommend you guys looking into it. It's, it's a really uh, fun romp. That also Dark Horse? That's He's a time traveler. Yeah, that's dark. It's yes, dark horse. It's also dark horse. Okay, great. No, that's in the stands. It just came out like late last month. Oh, it's yes, like yes, fresh yes. on the stands. So check it out. You can go to your, your local comic book shop and yeah, look it over. Yeah, with Stephen Grant. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Stephen Grant. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you. I guys. created him. <laughs> I created Stephen Grant in the pages of Moon Knight. That's right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> That that's that how we called Stephen Grant. <clears throat> yeah, he was Moon Knight. That's how Stephen oh, Grant intro he introduced himself to me. He said, "Hi, I'm Stephen Grant. You created me in Moon Knight." <laughs> that's awesome. And I said, that, "That's too what? much, man. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't know." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like we need to con uh, confuse this audience anymore. <laughs> yep. Uh, if people will get a chance and down the road to uh, to buy slash Maraud here and then listen to this and and, and get even more out of it because you guys I'm gonna go read it again because you guys have given me a lot of stuff even from what you could remember a lot of things that that uh, that is there, very interesting so thanks for this was so much fun thank you guys so much we had a great time. absolutely welcome you guys have thank a good you one. so much that was yeah. that right. was so much fun adios awesome Bye -bye. Paul Galassi <laughs> Paul Galassi Doug Match thank you so much. You got sure. it, man. All My right. pleasure. We'll talk to you it's soon. Been fun. Okay. You got it. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Bye-bye. See you, Doug. Bye. We'll talk. <laughs>